0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. They went on from there and passed through Galilee. And he did not want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days he will rise. But they did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask him. And they came to Capernaum and when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the 12 and he said to them, if any one would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. For these words were given to me, By the Holy Spirit. Know Jesus and make him known. That was the theme for the Agape Women's Retreat we had this weekend. Did you see our banner out there hanging on the door? It's a banner in progress. If not, stop by, take a look at it a little bit closer. I think it's pretty awesome if I say so myself. We heard about our mission. Our mission from God, if we choose to accept it. To know Jesus and make him known. We had 15 women gathered here on Friday night and 19 on Saturday. And man was the Holy Spirit working there. He, we heard stories about experiencing Jesus in our everyday lives. We spent time in worship and prayer. We got to know our Bibles a little better by learning what God's word has to tell us about Jesus and our mission. We had many wonderful discussions about mentoring, serving, giving, and inviting. We didn't always agree, but we spent time listening and sharing with one another. We spent time laughing and crying. We did some pretty cool crafting, made some bracelets, lots of eating and good old fellowship. We made Jesus t-shirts and encouraged people to wear them this morning. So if you see anybody walking around with one, ask them about the retreat. It was definitely times well spent in Christ with our sisters. Well spent time with Christ. Don't you wish sometimes that you could sit down with Jesus in a corner booth somewhere and have a one-on-one heart-to-heart conversation? One where you can hear his voice, see his expressions, maybe reach out and grab his hand, and maybe even get a hug. Well, the disciples had all of that and more, and they still didn't get it. In our gospel lesson this morning, we continue to hear about Jesus teaching his disciples. They have been pretty good followers so far, but they still were confused and didn't always understand what Jesus was trying to get through to them. They didn't have a clue what his true mission was all about. As Pastor Jeff said last week, Jesus knew that now was the time for instruction about being apostles and not just disciples. Many people feel that the words apostle and disciple are one and the same because that's how the chosen 12 were often referred to as. However, being a disciple means follower of Jesus, whereas an apostle is not only a follower, but a teacher, teaching about Christ. Making Jesus known to others. So Jesus' main objective now was to deepen his relationship with the disciples, mentor and teach them. So that they could be equipped to continue God's work after he was gone. But they just didn't get it. In Mark 9, verse 31, Jesus tells them straight out the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days, he will rise. The disciples were clueless. What did Jesus mean by this confusing message? Their Lord and Savior, the Messiah, is going to suffer and die? Messiahs don't die. They save people. Right? Maybe they were afraid of sounding stupid if they asked questions. Maybe they were so confused that they didn't want to know what he meant. Instead, all they could do was argue with one another about which one of them was the greatest. But they didn't tell Jesus that. Oh no, they were too ashamed. But Jesus knew. He knew exactly what they had been arguing about and probably said to himself, when are they ever going to get it? There's a long history of humans not getting it. How many times did the Israelites in the wilderness question God's intentions for them? How many times did they turn their backs on God? How many times did they want to take Moses out because of all the suffering they were going through in the wilderness? In our first lesson this morning, we hear about how Jeremiah's life was threatened for telling the people how many times to repent, to turn from their sinful ways, for breaking their covenant with God. Let's kill him, they said, so we don't have to hear it anymore, so we don't have to suffer anymore. Just kill him and it'll all go away. But that's what they said about Jesus, too. There is always going to be evil and suffering in this world. We can't escape it. It will never go away. Though most of us have probably never experienced evil like we hear about on TV and in the news, like the bombing in Oklahoma or the Twin Towers. Random shootings at concerts in colleges and elementary schools where people, children, are being killed. Young girls or boys being kidnapped, drugged, raped, and murdered. Or maybe it's dogs getting their ears cut off or drugged behind the back of a car. Some of us experience an abusive family member or coworker, whether it be physical or mental abuse, and evil just goes on and on. How do you feel when you hear about these awful, evil things? What if they were happening to you and your family? Maybe they have. If it were happening to me, or if someone was threatening my life, I would be praying like Jeremiah. Let me see your vengeance upon them, O Lord. Take them down. Make it all go away. But that's not how Jesus prayed. When Jesus was at the lowest of all lows, after being beaten and strung up for all to see, being in the deepest, darkest place any human could ever experience, he turns to his father and he says, Father, forgive them. Darkness. Darkness. It's a scary thing, isn't it? Or is it? Some of you know that I'm a first responder for the Piney Point Fire Department in Rogers. We cover 64 square miles surrounding the Hobbs State Park. So we often have to cover a lot of territory on our way to and from calls. We are also part of the Benton County Search and Rescue Team one of the first search and rescues uh, calls that I ever got was for a missing child around the age of two, a little boy. When we got the call, it was early evening, and they said, you know, several of the other teams had been out for quite some time and that they were going to need some help during the night. So there was a group of about six of us. We arrived about 9 o'clock that evening. We received our search area assignment and set out in the darkness. Now, mind you, we do have flashlights and little headlamps, but it was super dark that night. I don't even remember if the moon was even out. Anyway, when we sweep an area, we walk in a straight line about an arm's length apart. We walk slowly and deliberately through thick brush with thorns over rocks, down to trees. We use a stick to poke in every hole and crevice we can find, searching for anything that might lead us to that child, that missing boy. We also use that stick to swipe away some monstrous spiders and spider webs, too, because those things are not any fun to walk through, believe you me. But not once did I talk, think about all the bug bites I was gonna get or how tired I was gonna be the next day. I think the thing that surprised, mo- surprised me the most about that night was I wasn't afraid of the dark. I never have been thrilled about being in the dark. As a kid, I can remember playing flashlight tag, and when mom called, I was not the last one in the house. And as I got older, even walking into a dark room that I'd been in a million times before, knew where everything was, still kind of gave me the willies, had to turn the light on. But that night it wasn't because I had a flashlight or because there were other people with me. It was because I was there for someone else. It wasn't about me. It was all about that missing boy Where there is darkness, there is light. But they both can't occupy the same space at the same time. There's always going to be evil and suffering in this world. We can't escape it. It will never go away. Our greatest enemy is sin, death, and the devil. But knowing Jesus, that is absolutely what matters when we face that darkness and that evil. Have you ever heard the saying, the darker the night, the brighter the light? Jesus was at his deepest, darkest hour. But his words of prayer were for his father to forgive. It wasn't for vengeance or for his own personal well-being. No, it was forgiveness. Forgiveness of those who persecuted him. In the darkness, Jesus asked for the brighter light of God to shine down on those who sinned against him. We have a choice. We can suffer in our selfish, sinful human ways, or we can humble ourselves to the Lord. When we know Jesus and have him in our hearts, we shine. And when we shine bright with the love of our God, others see God. But what happens when the people of God stop shining, stop caring, start grumbling and complaining and becoming self centered and worldly? What happens when we stop turning to God for guidance, to light the path He wants us to take? And we start relying on ourselves to make decisions for the good of the church. That light we once had starts to grow dim. The path becomes long and difficult. We lose sight of God's mission. We become like the disciples, arguing over who is the greatest. We just don't get it. Jesus tried over and over again to teach the disciples that the reign of God reverses the world's idea of greatness. It's not about who you are. It's not about how much you know or how much you give. Greatness, on Jesus' terms, means being humble, lowly, and vulnerable, like a child. Vulnerable. Vulnerable like that little boy who was missing in the darkness. As the sun started to come up after that long night of searching, it was hard to give up. But a fresh new group of people showed up that morning, eager eager to continue the search in the daylight. So we left the site about 8.30 in the morning, and as I pulled in the driveway, I received the call. The boy had been found. but he had already been received in the loving arms of his heavenly father the evening before. Darkness. Darkness still shadowed that family that day, and I'm sure for many days to follow. But that child of God is now a special little angel watching over them. We are all children of God. This morning, we baptized a little Cole Clifton Wright, child of God. We are all children of God, vulnerable in the darkness, vulnerable to every earthly evil. Why would we want to leave a loving, forgiving relationship with God when there's so much evil around us? It is in our honest and humble recognition of our sin the confession that we bring and the turning back to God that our joy comes. Then and only then do we know that God is everything that we need. The good news, my friends, is this. It is God who will save by his strength. Christ conquered sin, death, and the devil for you and for me. With Christ... All things are possible, and in him there is always hope. May we try every day to be more like Jesus and say, please, Father, forgive. And as James urges us, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands Purify your hearts and humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. May we love like Jesus loves, serve like Jesus serves, be humble, grateful, and obedient to God. And in the words of Pastor Jeff, God help us be that church.